With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an explanation blog covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined today by Pale Dragon and Dale Bloom. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. How's it going, hockey world? This is the slowest time of the year, but we're trudging through. Yeah, it's a new week with a new signing as the Blue Jackets have signed Zach Ronaldo. There was an interesting article in The Athletic just talking about how Ronaldo basically had a change his game to get away from the rougher stuff or just so that he's not being suspended. Uh, But he was talking about how he hates all the other teams that he faces. But if fans want him to hit harder against Pittsburgh, he's happy to oblige. He said, that's why I'm here. But we know what he's going to bring as far as a bottom six guy who is there to bring that physical edge and face the Tom Wilsons of the world. So, Petey, any thoughts as far as what Ronaldo might bring into Columbus? I understand that reasoning and I I hate that mindset in hockey. You know, I don't care about having a guy that'll fight Tom Wilson, like just focus on beating Tom Wilson on the scoreboard. You know, Uh, if the caps lose games with having Tom Wilson on the ice, like that's what'll get him to change. You know, having other teams try to goon it up, that doesn't get the job done. I mean, like look at, the Rangers in that game after the whole incident, like <laughs> they got, they got killed. Right. Like it, it's so uh, that's ridiculous. I, I hope he brings nothing to Columbus. Honestly, I hope he spends the season down in Cleveland. You know, he was signed to a two way deal. So I hope that the plan is more that he's going to provide that kind of grit and veteran presence or whatever for the young guys down in Cleveland. Um, I just don't see, you know, we have enough forwards as it is in the mix for the NHL lineup, and I don't see how he's an improvement over 
any of them, honestly. Um, but in terms of a veteran signing going into camp, that's just another body. Like, yeah, that's that part's fine. But uh, I, it's weird. I, I, I don't sometimes don't understand <laughs> what Yarmo's mindset is because generally he's been acquiring a lot of you know offensive skill, you know, fast players, young players, things like that. And so then to bring in a older goon type, like it just doesn't really fit with the other signing because he's, he's done. It maybe fits more with like extending Boone Jenner. And so it's, it's a very schizophrenic type of approach to building the team. And uh, I, I don't really get that. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent on that PD. I, I'm not a fan of the signing. I'm not a fan of that kind of strategy. Um, but at the same time, I do understand why. And it's not just Yarmo, it's GMs all over the league that are doing this, right? Um, they want that guy that they can call up when they're playing a team like Washington um, or you know any other teams that kind of deploy that kind of dirty kind of style of, of play at times. And it's really just kind of a an extension of the problems the, the league has had enforcing um, issues with players like Tom Wilson. Um, you know, we've talked about this many times, but when the league is going to refuse to do anything about repeat offenders and headshots and nasty, dirty hits, um, then GMs are, are going to be doing stuff like this. And I think you're going to see an uptick in some of that play. You're going to see an uptick in, in, in enforcers and goons being iced than, than maybe you have in the last couple of years. So I don't like it. I, I understand why Yarma's doing it, but I'm with PD. I, I hope he doesn't see see much much ice time with, with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, he'll probably be in Cleveland for most of next season. And I mean, it's not like you want line brawls, but, you know, Ronaldo only played, what, about 19 games last season? Or, you know, he hasn't been in the NHL much over the last few years. So I guess they figured, you know, we'll just take a flyer on this guy. He played four games last season and 19 games the season before. So he's been bouncing back and forth between the NHL and AHL. That explains why he was willing to sign another two-way contract with us so yeah he's you know this is not a this is not a major piece um honestly i'm kind of surprised that that yarmo's still making signings i figured it was such a tumultuous july that like you know, come <laughs> on dude t- take a vacation <laughs> you know yeah just relax let's just everyone take august off <laughs> yeah i think he even alluded to that recently a little bit yeah. where he was like i think i can get away from this for a day or so but uh, yeah hopefully with zach ronaldo he doesn't really take up a roster spot from guys as we're trying to see this team progress and see what we have. So, you know, hopefully right. he's not taking someone else's ice time. Recently, we started our top 25 under 25, and we'll be doing that as we get closer to the season. But PD, you started with Guillaume Richard. Talk about Richard and what excites you about him and talk about his potential and future going forward. Yeah, so he he came in at number 25. He was the last one that made it on. Uh, He is one of the newest members of the organization. He was a day two pick uh, in the draft this year. Yeah, and so I I wrote about him, and I thought it was interesting to dive into him. He seems like more of a long-term project. He was playing in the USHL. He's committed to Providence College, so I would expect he's probably going to spend at least three seasons there. But I think there's a lot of room for growth with him. That's one of the – that's a great – program there at Providence. So I think he can learn a lot from playing there and get good experience. Um, He's a defenseman. I saw a lot of mixed reports in what I read about him. You know, some people praised his skating. Some people said that he needs to work on his skating. You know, some made him sound like he was offensively skilled defenseman. Others 
made it sound like he was more of a stay-at-home defenseman. So uh, it's hard to to know exactly what kind of player he's going to be. But he's got decent size. He's um, 6'2", 176 pounds. So obviously he needs to fill out that frame. But um, having that height is a good thing. You know, I, I feel like sometimes size can be overrated by scouts. If you see a player that's been productive at the lower levels, but they're afraid of him being undersized, I say trust the production. But on the same time, if you're talking about a you know long-term project, like you're picking between two players, like, okay, I'll go ahead and take the one that's 6'2 over the one that's 6 feet because there's a better chance of the one that's got the size being able to make it and being able to be durable and that sort of thing. Um, you, know, you can't teach that kind of size. So I'll be interested to follow his career here over the next few years and see, um, you know, is he able to... Uh, build up his game physically, work on his skills, both offensively, defensively. And, you know, hopefully he is able to work his way into the mix here in a few years. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Seeds touched on Calvin Turkoff and Turkoff's only played three NHL games so far. He's actually going to be playing for HC Lugano. He's 24 years old, but does he still have a future in the NHL or at least in Columbus or, does this kind of spell the end for him in Columbus? Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately he's he's probably um, out of the picture for for the Blue Jackets. You know, there's some of these guys that kind of go over to Europe and, and mature. Um, you know, you see a guy like Gregory Hoffman who who be playing for the Blue Jackets this upcoming year. So you know, if Galvin Thur- Turkoff makes the league, it, it might it's probably going to be for another team. Uh, maybe a few years down the road, I would guess. Um, this is a guy that I really liked when we drafted him. Um, he kind of plays a high possession game, um, and he kind of has a knack for holding on to the puck. But he he never really never really developed that offensive side of, of the game enough to be able to score at a high level in, in North America. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I think it kind of spells the end for him. Um, you know, best of luck to him. I hope that he can develop over in Europe and, and get into the league eventually. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get more of a chance to play some NHL minutes, especially. You know, uh, just with the way that things were going in in the 2019-2020 season with all the injuries and all the calls from Cleveland, and he only got a few games. And I feel like he should have gotten more of a look than that. Um, obviously, don't blame the guy for wanting to stay back home in Switzerland for a while. Yeah, I think the Gregory Hoffman comparison is interesting because, yeah, he's finally coming over to the NHL, but not with a team that drafted him, Carolina. You know, he wasn't able to ever make the roster there in Carolina, and so, you know, he stayed over in Switzerland and then they traded his rights. So we retain his rights, I think indefinitely, but if he wants to come back, I think it's going to be a case where we end up trading those rights to someone else. Um, And it's too bad. It's too bad. I would have liked to have seen more of a chance for him. Honestly, Josh covered Samuel Nazco and he mentioned, he said, this is a chance for him to salvage that Max Domi, Josh Anderson (laughs) trade. So, uh, what's your thoughts on Nazco and his future? Yeah, it seems like he's a guy that's really on the rise. He seems to have a big role in the Slovakia national team system. He was captain of their team at the World Juniors this year. Um, he got to play in the Senior World Championships uh, in May. So as a what 19-year-old, that's a pretty big deal. You know, Even if it's not one of the power programs in the world, it's still good experience for him getting to play against NHLers and that sort of thing in that tournament. So um, this coming year is going to be his first year playing in an adult pro league uh, in Finland. 
Um, so he's another one I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, he had signed his ELC earlier this summer. So, I mean, there's a chance that as soon as next year, he could maybe even in the spring, he could come over to North America. So, um, I feel like he's a guy who's definitely on the rise and that's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I don't think he's going to be a star player by any means, like let's not oversell it. But, um, if he could be another David Savard type, uh, that, that'd be huge. Yes. Yeah, Savard played big minutes for Columbus over his, his tenure there. Absolutely. The scouting reports on this guy have him as, as having some offensive upside too. So, um, you know, if he can, if he can make the league and, and have a little bit that that'll help him make the league, I guess, if he's has offensive upside in, in the lower sure. leagues and he's not just known as a, as a, you know, stay at home defenseman. So if you see kind of a, you see kind of a trend with, um, Yarmo's defensive, um, picks over the last couple of years and really across the league, but Yarmo has specifically changed his mindset. These guys are mobile. They're, they're good skaters and, and Nazco mm-hmm. is, is a good skater. Um, so that's encouraging to see. Um, and we'll, we'll see, he's probably, he's a few years away, but, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say that, that he could salvage a, the potential Anderson trade, but, you know, using that third pick, that third round pick to, to get an NHL guy would be a big win. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Another defenseman in Stanislav Fozel. He's just signed his three-year entry deal with the Blue Jackets for two million seven seventy-five, and his annual average value would be nine hundred twenty-five thousand. So, another, really another signing. Talking about Renato before, but maybe more exciting one in getting his Fozel signed. Yeah, I, I I really like this kid. I think that he was a steal in the third round. It, he, some of some of the prospect rankings had him mid-first round. A couple had him late first round. A couple had him out of the first round. But it was kind of surprising. I think Yarmo had mentioned in, in some of his post draft comments that he was that they were all surprised that he was available in the third round, and they snatched him up, up right away. So I think that kind of at first the ELC was kind of surprising, um, just how quickly it happened for a third round pick. But when you kind of look at you know where this guy was ranked in some of the rankings and, and looking at some of the 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 prospect reports on him that he's got a lot of upside. Um, And if he was projected in the first round, 
on some rankings, then that upside is obviously there. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I think that this kid has a potential future in, in the in the NHL, and you know, it definitely deserves a spot within our, within our top twenty five. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he's the first of draft picks from this class to sign the ELC. You know, generally in recent years, the team has signed guys to that ELC like a year after their after they were drafted. Um, so the fact that they signed him right away, um, you know, I'm not sure if that, that says anything. Um, I, obviously, he's not going to come over yet. I think he's probably going to spend one more year over in Europe. But I think signing the ELC now would indicate that he's going to come over sooner rather than later. And I think the fact that he was on so many rankings as a potential first-round pick, like, you know, late first round, early second round, I think that speaks to a reputation that he's expected to be an NHLer. Um, and again, to get an NHLer in the third round is far from a guarantee. So uh, that was a tremendous value pick. And yeah, this is another player that I'm excited about for sure. The last one we've covered so far is Carson Meyer, the Ohio State product. And I thought it was funny where Meredith wrote, playing like a road, it must have paid off, <laughs> talking about his previous season or so. And so he has that one-year, two-way deal for the upcoming season. So what do we think about Meyer? I feel like we've heard about him for a while, obviously being an OSU product and overcoming his trials and tribulations. Maybe he has an impact on this team or at least inside this organization. Yeah, he's a guy that um, I feel like his star is on the rise. You know, he was on the, I think he only moved up one spot in our rankings from the last time we did this two years ago, but he's had two really good seasons since that time. You know, he, his college career had a bit of a hiccup there where he had that tapeworm issue. Um, but his senior year, he was fully healthy and he was very prolific. He found a way to score lots of goals. I think he maybe had a hat trick in his last game at Ohio State. Uh, unfortunately, that season was cut short because of um, COVID stuff, so he wasn't able to you know, go into the playoffs or anything like that. And I think that also maybe prevented him from having a, a brief tryout with Cleveland. So he didn't get his ELC at the end of his college career like he maybe would have hoped, had to settle for an AHL deal. And then he was very prolific in Cleveland. Like He was able to put up nearly a point per game in the AHL which I, I think that's pretty great for his first year playing pro hockey. I was glad to see that he got the two-way NHL deal this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. I hope he can continue scoring at that pace. Um, and if he does, then I think there's a good chance that he could get called up for at least a cup of coffee with the Jackets this season. Obviously, you know, local kid. I want to see the local kid do well, but, you know, I don't want to call him up just because he's a local kid. I want to call him up because he's earned it. And, you know, I think... Uh, you know, he's shown the ability to score at every level. So, again, do I think he's going to be a star player? No, but I think he could be a solid bottom bottom six guy. So I, I really hope he gets that chance. I'm definitely rooting for him. Carson Meyer is a is an interesting case, right? And he's the type of guy that you kind of you kind of wonder what his career would look like if things had been different for him, you know, yeah. and the two things that are completely out of his control. You know, he has a tapeworm issue that, that really sidelines him for a long time. Um, and then he's, he's a prospect working through COVID right in the last year and a half and all the changes that have happened there. Right. So he's 24. Um, but he's really kind of, you know, you're talking maybe three, four years of setbacks for him. 
um, and all just all this combined craziness. And you know, hopefully, um, he just becomes kind of a, a late bloomer, and he sees some NHL time. He's definitely got the skill, and you know, we all root for the for the Columbus guy. But um, I I think that prospects probably have their eye on this kid just for just for the the simple fact of kind of taking a look at his unique development and his and his unique path and kind of see how some of these guys who have had setbacks kind of end up shaping um, their careers, you know, 24, mm-hmm. you, this, this guy would be kind of considered a bust otherwise, but his unique situation kind of makes a, a different case for him. It would be nice if he, uh, you know, really came on strong and maybe looks like a, a steal or, you know, just a just a gem yeah there's been a lot of uh ohio based things lately in terms of like carson meyer or other players that we were talking about last week pd yeah well and and to, to talk about his age i think it's true that the the best the really best talents that we see especially among forwards these are guys that are able to come up and, and contribute you know in their early 20s but i think we can still see use, useful players that have done the full college experience and then some minor league time and a guy like say Eric Robinson, you know, so maybe Carson Meyer can be an Eric Robinson type. Although he's, he's a different kind of player. He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the speed necessarily, but he's more, he's got better hands. He can score more than Eric Robinson can, but he can be that kind of useful bottom six type player. And, and that, you know, there's value to that. I mean, you need, you can't, (laughs) as much as it would be nice to have, you know, four lines that could be first lines on teams like that's it's not realistic to have that um but it's important to have the guys that can go out there play 12 13 minutes can play both ends of the ice but can also provide a little bit of scoring so you can still have a threat on every line if even if it's not the high-end skill necessarily you know one thing that's interesting is i think there's going to be a good chance this upcoming season that we're going to see three triple a blue jackets um taking the ice for the blue jackets in one single game um, so, you know, that could be, that could be pretty cool if, if Meyer can get a call up this season. Yeah. Kind of putting Ohio hockey on the map a little Absolutely. bit more. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. I mean, I hope that they play well and, you know, but still it's, it's cool to see more of an Ohio tie, especially with certain players that, uh, might have a really bright future. You know, it's not like they're just, it's not, it's cool that they're from Ohio, but to also have an impact will be really cool to see as well. So that would only help grow the game as well. Yeah. And beyond the Ohio thing, I would like there to to be a large number of players that play for Columbus this year. Like let's let's have a lot of churn. Let's see a lot of guys from Cleveland get a shot, even if it's for you know call them up for two weeks and have them play five or six games and then send them back, just to see what we have. You know, because again, if you if the expectation is not. To, to make the playoffs, not to be a great team this year. It's a year to figure out what we have. And there's a lot of young players that, you know, are they the answer or not? And like, let's give them a shot. Let's see what they can do. You know, maybe we see something. If we don't see something, well, that's, that gives us an answer. And that, you know, shows us what, where we need more help in the next draft or through trades or something. So uh, I hope we get a lot, a lot of guys from Cleveland it's a comp 71 to Columbus here. Yeah, it'd be nice t- to see some promising future prospects instead of kind of calling up guys that have paid their dues, right? I feel like over the past couple right. of seasons. Like Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let's not call up Ronaldo. In the past, you know, I'm all for giving Zach Delpy a, ch- a chance. And Zach Delpy has been a big part of this organization, had been a big part of this organization for a long time. 
But at the same time, it's like we got guys in Cleveland that could potentially be future NHL players. And I would like to see them focus on calling up more of those guys in the future and less calling up, you know, the the veteran leadership group in, in Cleveland just because they've paid their dues. Yeah. And I think like a, a Dalpy or a Gerby, they, they made sense because you could plug those guys in on a John Tortorella team. Yes. Because they would understand what John Tortorella wanted from them in that role. But I feel like we have a coaching staff now that is maybe more of a teaching coaching staff. So I think that might per- provide a better environment for young players to come in and get that kind of additional instruction. Uh, they've got some great coaches in Cleveland, Mike Eves and his staff, but then get them a taste of then the the NHL level with that staff. Yeah, you got Carson Meyer, you have Tyler Angle, you have um, Christensen, you have a home. I'm not going to try and say his whole name, so forgive me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some promising guys in Cleveland kind of versus what we've seen, you know, a couple of years prior. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what these guys can do this upcoming season. Yeah. And, 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 so, and some of those names are going to be coming up this, uh, the next week or yes. so on our list. Yes. So Teaser. it'll be fun to dive deeper into <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely have to keep diving into the top 25 under 25 and maybe we'll see players turn heads during training camp and at the Traverse City Tournament next month. And uh, yeah, the season's going to be here before you know it. It's just around the corner. Any final thoughts? Yeah. How how about that Field of Dreams game this past week? That was pretty that, cool. That was, that pretty was great. Cool. Yeah. I, I admittedly didn't, wasn't able to catch the whole thing. Um, but, you know, the the that intro was so cool. Uh, it, you know, brought a tear to my eye with those memories of watching that movie. I guess I should and, watch it on uh, YouTube. Checking out the um, the end of what happened too. What a what a great thing for um, for baseball, um, and I think that other major leagues um, can kind of take note of of what they did and you know what nostalgia um, can bring to to a fan base and what it can do for ratings. Apparently, that was the the highest rated major league baseball regular season game in sixteen years or or, or whatever it was. So. Um, good on them. It was really cool. If you haven't checked it out, even if you aren't a baseball fan, um, go check it out on, on YouTube. Yeah, I was just going to say real fast. Uh, I agree. It was really cool. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the event of like the Winter Classic. But with the Winter Classic, as cool as that is, I feel like it's a little bit watered down now that we have so many outdoor games per year. So mm-hmm. I think as long as they do the, uh, the Field of Dreams game, I know they're going to do it next year and probably make it a yearly thing. But uh, I don't think you can recapture exactly how they did it on this past Thursday, like with the uh, actor. What's the actor? Kevin Costner. Um, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Like he could be there, <laughs> but like you couldn't really do the and event. He would do, before he that. would do it. He would always show up for a baseball game. So, <laughs> right. I mean, nothing against Kevin Costner, but you just couldn't like mimic that entire event again. I think what it what it speaks to is it's fun to see major league games in places that don't normally get major league games. So while the winter classic is cool, and I I think you're right that it has maybe been watered down by then also having the stadium series games, but with all of those, they're mostly being played in perfect, you know, top professional league level facilities in big cities and that kind of thing. So I think for hockey, the uh, Lake Tahoe games last season or maybe more in the vein of this Field of Dreams thing, where it's an unlikely location for a major sports event. Um, so for baseball, if they didn't want to do the Field of Dreams again, go back to 
do some games in Puerto Rico or Mexico, or, you know, they've sometimes done games in Japan. Um, so stuff, it's just kind of a different environment for games featuring major league teams, go other places in the world to grow the game by sending them our best athletes to put on events like that. And for hockey, same thing. I, I'd love to see, uh, you know, some people suggest, why don't you do like a mystery Alaska game? You know, it's like, like that movie play up in Alaska or go to small towns around North America that have a hockey history. You know, they've done some, the, this preseason hockeyville games or whatever stuff like that is, is fun and i'd like to see sports do more of that to to bring the taste of the top level of the game to places that don't normally get it so interestingly enough kind of along those lines um the nhl released their regular season schedule um, a couple weeks ago which we which we talked about um and november 3rd and november 6th there's back to back against colorado who the blue jacks were supposed to play in finland last season um, and that got canceled. And then there's a six day break after that next game. So for both teams, I believe. So it, I, it seems like the NHL may have set up the schedule to kind of be able to slide maybe those European games in um, if COVID wanes and if that ability happens. So that kind of be something to keep an eye on because I was really excited about at least seeing the opportunity for the Blue Jackets to play overseas, um, especially in Finland. So we'll keep an eye on that and see if that gets to happen this season. Well, and I, I, I kind of hope it doesn't happen this season because when they announced that those games were going to happen, I I started preparing to to go to that. Like <laughs> when those games happen, I want to go this fall. That I don't think that's practical, but if it would happen fall of twenty twenty two, absolutely, I would go to that game. I've never been to Finland. I'd love to go, and if I could have a chance to, yeah, go see my team play overseas, absolutely, I would love to do that. That would be cool. Yeah, for sure. That is going to do it for us this week. Be sure to check us out at CBJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook at JacketsCannon.com. We'll keep cranking out the top 25 under 25. We'll discuss any other news, signings, whatever may occur between now and then. So we'll see you all next week. Subscribe to the Cannon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to JacketsCannon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out AngelaPearlie.com for more music and show dates.